Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is with us tonight to talk about how to avoid heart attack and stroke and what you need to know about to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. We'll repeat it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all you listeners to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective altogether. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back again. All the shows are very important to the listeners. It's probably the only venue they have out there to find out about the up-to-date news on what preventative tests are out there. And we have uh, Siobhan piping in from Columbus, Ohio, and taking the calls before she goes on tour. So welcome, Siobhan. Thanks for being on tonight. Dr. Collender, tell us a little bit about over the Facebook Live section for those listeners, that anybody who is listening, and you can also tune in on Facebook to the show but you were talking about the increase in young people coming into your practice. Tell us about that. Well, first I want to talk about how they're getting to me. Um, So in my practice, um, we have uh, some programs with corporations to sign their employees up and access to the practices provided to employees as a, as a health benefit. So if you're an employer or you work for a company that, you know, has a interest in maintaining their employees' health. Uh, we actually have a corporate, if you want to call it executive health program with Rocket Mortgage. And so, you know, some of their members that choose to take this benefit that I offer, they, they get into the practice through their company. So, you know, there's younger people and you'd think that a younger person may not care or think, but they can, they come in and uh, lo and behold, we find a lot of pathology, you know, in this younger group of people. And, you know, I think one, there's a lot of messages to take. One of them is if you work in a stressful environment, I think a lot of people work in a stressful environment, then you may be at risk. Um, so I don't want to single out, you know, those employees, but it's, it's across the board. People that come in new to the practice tend to have higher disease issues. And then over the next one or two years, we're able to mitigate those risk markers that we find. And get control of it before it gets worse. Oh, hundred percent. So it's just amazing to me, um, you know, when we get young people in, you know, who are 30, 29, 33. So we've just been having people with a lot of labs that measure artery inflammation um, they haven't had their CIMTs yet, so I don't have those data points, but, um, one young man in particular, you know, he had multiple elevated inflammation markers. 
His uh, cholesterol looked like he had insulin resistance, yet his LDL cholesterol was normal. Um, he had elevated uric acid levels and uh, borderline blood pressure, which you know means he probably has sleep apnea too. So here's some guy who had he gone to a normal or traditional doctor, he would not have been identified at risk because the labs that traditional doctors used to measure risk on this young man were normal, but every other marker was off that they don't see. So, um, you know, I told them, I'm glad you chose to join because you would have been missed and you'd have been told you're okay. You would have been told the usual, you know, exercise more, eat less, which is in one ear out the other for every single one of us. And, you know, we, he on his own had four different drivers of inflammation that leads to heart disease. And none of them would have been noticed. He He's like 31. Do you think that, that, that it's attributable to stress or what do you think is the source of all of these issues? Well, you no, know, it's just him. It just happens. Here's one guy who has all these things. So um, it's really not, you know, stress plays a role for everybody. Actually, this guy in particular was very laid back. He's just one of those people that doesn't even know stress exists. Hmm. So the um, point is he would have fallen through the cracks. Right. Had he stayed with a traditional right. PCP, a traditional doctor with traditional tests, none of this would have been, you know, ascertained. It wouldn't have been found out and he wouldn't have the availability of the, you know, the pre-screening tests and the CIMT and the uh, the blood test that it takes the 50 different cancers. He wouldn't have been exposed to any of that and therefore he would have slipped through the cracks because he already had markers for disease at this young age. But not, but not the markers that I'll say a traditional doctor would have noticed. So traditional doctors don't always recognize the labs are looking like someone who might be in, have insulin resistance and on their way to diabetes. And this guy had no family history. So, you know, when you don't have a family history and, you know, you just get ignored. So, um, you know, he's been to the doctor before, not all the time, but he's been to the doctor and nothing's been checked. So I'm glad he came in and, you know, and we'll talk about this next segment, which is, and we really haven't talked about this, that, you know, he had an elevated uric acid. And this is a relatively new driver of inflammation that is ignored. Um, but Does it's it new. show up on the average blood test in the average doctor's office? No. Like, uh, there's the point. Well, it's, it's not just a no. It's it's This is kind of a travesty because uric acid is the blood test that's used to measure gout. And now gout is, you know, is let's just back up a little bit, but gout's associated with elevated uric acids, but elevated uric acids without gout are ignored. Now we know that is a is a cause of heart disease. So it's all connected. Well, let's come back and talk more about that. Very interesting on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a special question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly, about what you ought to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. 
We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and many other chronic conditions, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we are now able to arrest and reverse the progress of these silent killers. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, over the break while we were on Facebook Live, we continued the discussion about the what I call the Mickey Mouse blood test that everybody's getting. And you had one particular patient who would have been totally, had he stayed in mainstream um, PCP, mainstream uh, seeing your doctor once a year, he wouldn't have even gotten the blood test. And even if he did get the blood test, they're not able to connect the dots. So what do we do to correct that? Well, let's educate the audience about what it is we're talking about. So we have a caller. We do Siobhan, have a caller. Oh, sorry, right, go Siobhan's ahead. got a let's caller. Let's do that first. Okay, so let's start with Scott and Dearborn. Scott, what's your question? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, I called in last week, and um, you guys gave me great information about my brother, um, about getting an echocardiogram, I believe it was, because yes. heart condition ran in my family. Um, so I'm going to set that up. But I'm wondering, do you know if Blue Cross and Blue Shield or Blue Care Network cover that or is that coming out of my pocket well you know hopefully your doctor you know your doctor's got to bill a symptom or a physical finding or a diagnosis to go with it and then it ought to be covered but if they just ordered it as a screening test like i just want to see what's going on then it will not be covered so they've got a diagnose they got to document a physical finding warranting the echo or a, a condition that you already have, um, or you know that's what they have to do, and and they, they ought to know their way around that. It's the game that has to be played to get things covered. To check the boxes, and this is like the the cart before the horse. It's like the the echo is a, is a screening test. So well, it's, it's not usually. Usually, there's a symptom or there's a you know something going on with an echo. People just don't get echoes straight off. So. Right. Um, you know, but they don't cover screening, you know, so you can't just say, I want an echo to see what's going on because I got a family history of this or that. That's usually not covered. Now, sometimes family history things are covered, but not often. You've got to personally have a symptom, you know, that relates to needing having an echo done. So that's why we are playing behind the eight ball. We are being reactive instead of proactive is because insurances don't cover test to screen for disease. That's what we do in our office to identify conditions before they happen and address them to stop them from happening and catching, you know, wherever you are on the spectrum of disease, we can wind back the clock by employing, you know, an optimal medical program. Um, and so back to what we were talking about before is in the last maybe five years, uh, maybe more, maybe six or seven, uh, it's been identified that elevated uric acid with or without gout can be causal in cardiovascular disease. So that means if you have an elevated uric acid, 
that alone, just like diabetes or insulin resistance or sleep apnea or bad lipids or blood pressure, uric acid added to the list of things that can cause heart attack and stroke. So now there's studies that show if you treat the elevated uric acid in somebody who has heart disease, you can reduce their risk of having a vascular event like a heart attack or stroke. The problem is someone, we'll call them the FDA, um, they took off uric acid off of like the standard chemistry panel. So the uric acid used to be part of the standard chemistry panel. So when I started practicing, it was on there. So they took it out. And why would they take it off? I mean, I mean, it's a blood draw. Well, because it's screening. You know, so okay. when, if it's in the standard panel, now you're screening for gout. Mm-hmm. And if you have gout, you can order the uric acid and to check it. But now elevated uric acid causes heart attack, but it's off the panel. So doctors just aren't thinking about, well, I've got to get a uric acid on literally every one of my patients to see if it's elevated. And I can give them colchicine, which is your standard long-term gout medicine. And that will reduce their risk of having a heart attack or stroke on its own, independent of other variables like cholesterol treatments or blood pressure treatments. And the fact that colchicine is a anti-inflammatory drug, you know, really backs up, you know, what we've been saying all along, which is vascular disease is driven by inflammation and managing the inflammation prevents events like having a heart attack or stroke. So uh, our system, this is just another simple way to demonstrate that our system is so far behind and, and just not thinking. And this isn't like, oh, elevated uric acid is a brand new thing they found out yesterday. It's been five, six years. And no one said, hey, maybe we ought to put this back on, you know, the panel. And we can educate doctors to prescribe colchicine for people with elevated uric acids with or without gout, but no, they're busy doing other things. I mean, that's kind of an atrocity. You started off, it was included in the blood test panel when you first started drawing blood and then it was taken off. And now that they have a finding that links it to possible future cardiac events, it's still off. I mean, how do we get it put back on again? Or is the patient once again forced to go on a digging expedition to find a doctor such as yourself that does this type of testing and screening. I mean, that's a lot to put on the on the population. Well, when I was in residency and you know early in my career, well, until you start so you start practicing prevention, you don't really know any of these things. But back then, we didn't treat elevated asymptomatic uric acid levels. Like it was just something you just looked at as well. It's an anomaly. You ask the person if they've ever had gout. If the answer is no, you ignored it. Mm-hmm. And and until I started practicing prevention and you start learning all of these things that are uh, available, then you say, well, I got to start treating um, gout. You know, I, I got to start treating elevated uric acid as if it's gout because the outcome um, is significant. And it also goes to show that Really, any type of inflammatory disease can impact someone's um, someone's heart condition. Like the caller from last week who said, you know, my wife's got psoriatic arthritis and my doctor didn't know anything about sugar. So, wow. 
you know, psoriatic arthritis is another inflammatory condition like gout that has a close correlation to um, heart disease. And there are studies that show that using anti-inflammatory drugs, you know, strong drugs like um, monoclonal antibodies or other immunomodulators can reduce heart attack events independent of cholesterol levels, which is really important um, to, to know. But again, I don't think most doctors even have any idea because they're just checking the box. Well, it's like, a, obviously it's like a puzzle, but I mean, it's, it's far better for the, the patient to avail themselves of the test and the screening and this medication if needed. But if there's no box to check, what's the patient well, to do? Well, these, these, these meds are technically generic. Now, that's a whole, that's a whole show which we're not going to talk about, about the story of colchicine, because it's in my book. <laughs> you have to wait for the book to come out to hear about <laughs> that one. But it's really just stories about, you know, examples of why the FDA is such a disaster and really not there to help you. They're really just there to benefit the pharma industry. Pathetic. Let's come back and talk about that some more on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke or have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. Here with us tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Siobhan, uh, let's go back to you. You brought up a point that we ought to share. We did, talked about it on Facebook. Let's talk about it live now on the radio. Yeah, so for the break, I mean, I was just listening to what Dr. Collender was saying, and it's interesting to me to think that it would make more sense in my mind for insurance companies to want to cover prevention because that means one less patient that they have to pay for down the line in illness or catastrophic disease. And we were having an interesting discussion about why that is. So I think it would be a good thing to, you know, open up to the listeners now and kind of discuss it. Well, yeah, I don't want to pretend that I'm an insurance expert by any stretch, but. Um, I've got great respect for their ability to make money. And if they thought prevention would make them more money, believe you, they would, you'd all not, you'd all be cured. You'd all have all these tools, but, uh, it must be that prevention doesn't make them money because it's not covered. And if they found a way to make more money, they would do it. So I think that, you know, when the costs are higher, um, meaning you're sick and using medical services that are covered by insurance and they're able to raise their premiums. And that's really where their income is, is in the premiums. Plus you're paying, you know, you're paying the deductibles. And so all that is, you know, cash out of your pocket into the healthcare system one way or the other. And that's how they, they, they that's how they make their money is premiums. And Right. Of course. And then, the, and then when you're sick, you're right. You've got deductions and co-pays. You've still yeah. always got that. 
the cost goes up, your cost goes up, and that's money in their pocket. So, um, oh, plus there's a there's a lack of clarity on the actual cost of certain healthcare services. You know, if you go to hospitals, it, they don't really have a price menu. You know, it's sort of a well, grab bag of different numbers in a lot of cases, from what I understand. You know, there's a m- million books written about this. And, you know, we had uh, Marty McCary on our show. God, it's probably been a year and a half ago now. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. You know, the Fox uh, medical contributor. And he, you know, he wrote a book called The Price You Pay. And it's about that. It's about the variable cost structures and how different hospitals uh, really take on predatory um, role um, trying to collect. You know, they're predatory collectors. So here you are at the worst time in your life. And, you know, these hospitals set things up so that you're, you know, you think you're in an in-network and you're not. So like you could go to the hospital and they have like the, like for example, I'm just throwing this out, the anesthesia group that, that is hired by the hospital. Well, they might be on a network, but here you are in your in-network hospital, but a consultant that you didn't have a choice over is on a network. Mm-hmm. And so it's things like that that really screw people over. Siobhan, you've got another caller? Yeah, we have on the line David in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, good evening. I wanted to find out, like I wanted to suggest also, if the FDA, like the Food and Drug Administration, has no knowledge about nutritional facts, about what to do in heart attacks, and everybody is just, everyone else is dying off, because is dropping off, because they don't know why and everything else. And there are too many doctors not spending time with their patients, only about five minutes because of the system. What would you suggest, what else can be done nutritionally to help prevent a lot of these things from, from coming up? Or do, you, or, do you, or do you have any knowledgeability of that, as opposed to the uh, FDA? Well, exactly, as opposed to the FDA. Right. So unfortunately, the FDA doesn't just oversee drugs, but it's food and drug administration, so they oversee our food. So all of these foods with all kinds of chemicals and preservatives that are, you know, synthetic, um, and I would say that we were neither created nor evolved to eat synthetic foods, um, and that causes inflammation in our systems. And even though it's pretty well known to doctors and you know even scientists about how badly these can, these things hurt us, uh, the FDA still approves it. Um, just like they are in regulatory capture to the pharmaceutical industry, they're also in regulatory capture to the you know agricultural and the food industries. So um, they basically, you know, take their money to approve or just, you know, something and, and it gets approved to all of our great disadvantage and poor health. So um, in every possible way, the FDA has failed us and needs to be reconfigured. Well, that's a loaded answer. (laughs) It's probably a loaded question, but we always keep coming back to the government, the FDA, and uh, you know the pharmaceutical companies and 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 all that. But the average listener out there, I think the first step is availing themselves of a connection with a primary care physician 
who is going to make sure that they are aware of the screening tests that are out there. That's step number one. You know, I mean, what goes on at the higher levels of government? That might be going on for the next 100 years for all we know. But um, and they can't rely on, you know, information. They can't rely on even from their own. What's scary is most of the primary care physicians aren't using the, the screening test that you're giving. And so patients are just going down a road, but they're still getting sick. They're still getting ill. They're still getting diabetes. And, and then when they get all these diseases, most of them are it's too late to do anything about it. Unfortunately, in our listening area, um, there's a severe paucity of doctors willing to offer the type of care that we're talking about. And it continues, um, meaning it's very difficult to find a doctor who wants to come in and practice our brand of medicine, even though it's very satisfying and fulfilling and it's a great way to practice you know, from my personal experience and doctors in the Midwest are so afraid to step outside of their little comfort zone to take a chance to take a better care of their patients. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you go, who, where's so someone supposed to go, Anne-Marie? No one wants to take a chance, they'll go, well, I'm going to retire in a few years or I'm doing okay. I'm making money. I don't need to switch. Well, all of this lazy, you know, really, um, apathetic, apathetic low initiative, low, um, intellectual curiosity. I mean, and I'm just talking, I'm talking about all of them. If you go to a doctor who's employed by the hospital, employed by a company, they're all guilty. So basically all of your doctors out there, let's put it plain and clear, are really guilty of not taking a chance to take better care of you. When I say take a chance, it isn't that big of a chance to step outside the system. I did it. Anyone can do it. And so you're all stuck with a doctor who might be the nicest man or woman and care about you, but they have their gutless. I'm sorry, but it just, it's just, they, they don't even know what they don't know. That's the other part. They don't know what they don't know. And well, all I, of you are suffering. I'm quite sure that they know that in the five minutes that they give the average patient that they see maybe once or twice a year and, or when they're sick is woefully short in the, in the realm of providing service of any kind, not to mention knowing that the tests that they're giving are Mickey Mouse tests, the stress test and the blood tests that are basically useless at, at uh, discovering the connections that you've discovered, you know, and talking about the elevated uric acid and, and hits that connection with heart disease. You know, your average doctor, your average PCP, your average primary care physician just isn't, isn't aware of that and isn't doing the screening. So again, once again, I come back to patients are out in the cold and have to be their own advocate. So let's come back and talk some more with Dr. Collender, the other side of the break. You're listening to our special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing tonight and you'd like to talk directly to the doctor, don't hesitate to call 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on 760 WJR. 
and the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. So Dr. Collender, this is our final segment and we're trying to like pull all this news together because once again, I come back to where what I come back to every show. It's, it's falling on the patients to educate themselves, to find out what they need, the testing they need to get. They're not going to get it at their normal uh, PCP's office. And they have to search out a doctor like yourself, who's a specialist in prevention. And obviously, there's few of you out there, but you did mention over the break and while we were on Facebook Live, as, as we want everybody to know, you can also tune into Facebook Live for the shows, that um, you're get, we're getting a lot or you're getting a lot of callers that have become familiar by the names of the test, the type of test they need, the preventative tests, and the most popular one, obviously, is the CIMT. And before you're a concierge practice physician, you spend an hour, hour and a half with each patient. Nobody waits in the waiting room. There's all kinds of benefits to belonging to a concierge practice, goes without saying, goes without explanation. But as you mentioned on Facebook Live and over the break, you've been getting a lot of calls from patients who are calling in saying, I've heard you talk about the CIMT. Can I just come and get the test? And now you've you've let me know that, yes, you are offering the test to patients who are just Caller, are to callers, callers to callers that are not patients, but who just want to come in and get the test. So so they just call your office, 866-CALENDAR. Yes. And I just want to make it clear that, you know, you're not engaging me as your doctor. We're doing this test. We'll give you a few minutes to kind of go over the results, but this isn't a doctor patient relationship. We're just providing this test, give you some guidance on what you should take back to your doctor and what to do. Um, and, and that's about it. So, um, you know, we want to still be able to provide this piece of data for you to follow. Uh, but we're not, again, we're not engaging you know, you just by doing this test in our, as, as a, as a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Collender, what do you think most, most doctors are going to do with that information? If a patient shows up with a CIMT result, well, I mean, what, what's happening at that point? Well, okay. so there, you know, the whole system is based on blood flow. So all of our testing is based on, do you have a blockage that requires surgery? And there's no plan other than to put somebody on a statin if you are below that threshold of needing surgery. So obviously that's not enough because people are dropping dead more and more every year from heart attack and they're having stroke. So, you know, we kind of figure out what to do with the subclinical plaque that no one else seems to know what to do with to stop it from developing into either death or a surgery. So, most doctors would look at that and go, well, you don't have a blockage, so don't worry about it. And the reality is, is no kidding, you don't have a blockage, but you're not providing a plan to manage this person's plaque other than come back next year and Let's hopefully an you don't die. It. You right. know, well, if you're still alive next year, you know, we'll do the test again. And that's basically what every cardiologist is doing. You know, they're, they're do the stress test. They do some vascular imaging 
oh, I can't operate this year, come back next year. And the reality is a nice percentage of those people are going to have an event between those those tests. And isn't it true, just to throw this in, interject, that there is a, a, a diagnostic cardiac test that they do that is invasive and has a significant risk to it? And well, they're all, is, they're all blood flow tests. So whether right. however you're gathering that information, whether it's invasive, or through a CT arteriogram, right. or another, you know, an ultrasound that doesn't employ intima media data points, um, they all are blood flow tests. And so, of course, right, getting an invasive test when you don't have symptoms is, you know, really malpractice these days because medical management is as good as these invasive procedures. And in my practice, medical management is better. Right. So. You know, why would you go through that when you can manage this on your own? And right. when I mean on your own, a combination of specific lifestyle plan and the right kind of medicine. Well, let me come back to your initial, the, oh, our opening uh, stage of, of the show where you talked about this relatively young new patient who came from one of your corporate accounts and you found out all kinds of disastrous stuff was going on that he wasn't aware of. It's really, uh, you know, important for everybody to know that they need to avail themselves of these tests, but not only that, but also have a plan to reverse what they've already got or stop the progression of what they've already got. Just seeing a number doesn't mean anything. And I, I, I want to remind you of a patient that called in some time ago and he had gone out and gotten the CT cardiac calcium scoring test and he had, um, he had gone ahead and, you know, got a prescription, went to the hospital, got it called in and said, what do I do with this? And you said, well, what's your score? And he said, 2,500. And you said, go directly to the ER. I mean, imagine that here's somebody that went out and got the test, but what do you do with a piece of paper with a number on it? Unless you got a doctor that's going to tell you where you go from here. Well, the reality is coming back to that. So when someone calls on radio and gives me some crazy number, I feel obligated to say go to the ER. But in my practice, I would not send that person in the emergency room. Well, that's because, yeah. I know I, who they are right. and I have more data on them. And calcium burden does not predict risk. Right. So calcium score numbers don't predict risk. And actually somebody who has a very high calcium score makes stable plaque. So calcium buildup occurs when there's healing. So they don't have a lot of inflammation because they heal. But someone who heals is more likely to develop a stenosis, but mm -hmm. not die ahead of time. But if they don't have symptoms, then they don't have a stenosis mm -hmm. and they just heal quickly. You still have to go through the process of identifying all their drivers of disease, manage those and still get a CIMT. Like we have a patient like that who's been on the show, Dave. He's got a you know thousand calcium score and his IMT is perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, he yeah. has no inflammation markers. His intimate media layers are great. And, and you know, it just means that whatever he had is now healed. So a patient comes into your practice, like the patient you talked about earlier, who was unsuspecting and not knowledgeable of, of what he was carrying around inside him. He's de definitely at risk. But you mentioned a lot about medical management. Tell the listeners, what do you do? You, you can reverse this process. You can stop the process. You can treat the process. So the halt is, is is available once you get the diagnostic test back. But what do you mean by medical management? We've only got a few seconds. <laughs> Thanks. 
but go ahead. Uh, you, you bring so, it up a lot. Right. I mean, well, I'm just saying. What so is- it just means that we're not just screening for plaque. We're screening for all the diseases that cause plaque and then addressing them at the moment we find it, not waiting for someone to have other symptoms. So we screen for sleep apnea. We're screening for insulin resistance. We screen for oral health issues. We screen for genetics. We get a uric acid. All of these things that affect someone's artery path, we find and address aggressively right then and there. So even if someone's got a 30% blockage, which is nothing to a specialist, we take that very seriously, find all the reasons they're there, and make sure they don't go above that. Yeah, you stop the progression of the disease. Not just that, but we can reverse it. And reverse it. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with the practice that provides access to the necessary testing. Call 866-COLANDER if you want to know more about this testing. The show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, my co-host, Siobhan Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our show Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 for the latest medical update. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night and be well. <laughs>